struggled with uh, Covenomics. <clears throat> Amen. My. Well, look at somebody say, this is amazing. I don't know what you felt when you walked in here, and if you didn't feel the presence of God, you need to check yourself. Such an anointing, not just in here, in every area. <clears throat> so thankful for that. Amen. And I want you to understand it's this is first class. Wow. And I'm so proud of Pastor and Sister Gillen, just what they're doing, the church. It's so good. I know, I told my wife, we, we come here, and I have family that's over around Plymouth, Bream, and Bourbon area. We stayed in the church there. They have an evangelist quarters. And I talked to Pastor this morning, or text, and I said, I'll be there. And I didn't realize that it's a little longer than I thought. <laughs> Praise God. Besides that, when you hit 60, you just don't drive near as fast as you used to, I guess. But what a classy, classy. Let me tell you, just tell, share something with you. I mean, I want you to know something. That do not let the situations that are going on in the world detour you from what God's called you to do. Amen. Y'all hear what I'm telling you? Amen. Brother Bovee, many years ago, we had a vision of... of having a cafe and ministering into the community. Hey, guess what? It's happening. Come on, you hear what I'm telling you? It's a powerful thing. Unbelievable. Brother Bovee, I knew he was going to be here today. I wore my Superman socks. Praise God. Let me share something with you before I preach, if I could, just for a moment. Because when we left, I want you to understand that I felt God was going to keep us here for the rest of our life. I think it was a Tuesdays, Pastor Gill and I would meet at the coffee shop. Once a week, we'd go over things. And there came a time during that period of time, I was going back to school, and I thought, my God, seriously, are you, are you serious about this? I thought God was joking me. And so he was helping me kind of get regulated to that as well. And we would talk about things. And I don't know if you remember, but there came a time God was really dealing with me about about moving, and I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. I want you to understand that I was very, very well set on spending the rest of my life here. We had a beautiful church, amazing people. God was doing awesome things. And God began to deal with me about that over and over. Until finally the time came when I only told one other person beside my wife, and that was you. And I don't know if you remember that. And I said, God's dealing with me about this. And I didn't like it. And I fought it. Not only how you are in your prayer life, but me and the Lord talk. Sometimes I talk more than I listen. And I said, I don't want to, God. During that same time, my son already lived down in that area. Autumn and Travis were moving down there. Everybody thought, well, Pastor, he's just chasing them down there. That's not what happened. So... I finally decided, okay, God, I'm going to pray about this. I started having some physical problems during this period of time and found out I had prostate cancer. And that got my attention. I thought, if something happens to me, I need to have my wife by my kids. And it wasn't long after that that I told the church what was going on. We talked to the surgeon, and I said, listen, we, there's no sense in doing things here and doing things down there. Let's just wait. One of, one of the pastors that uh, have a church in Memphis is a cancer doctor. 
And so we decided we were going to move. And I want you to understand something. I'm going to be real honest. At first, I was a little ticked off about God. I, I mean, he, but he got my attention. Folks, I want you to understand something. We love you. We always will. This will always be a part of our heart here. I'm not preaching yet, so don't start your timer. I couldn't figure out what was going on. I, I didn't know. We, we got down there. We were down there two weeks, and I started having some chest pains and some problems. And I thought, I'm going to shake this off. That'll be okay. And I'm driving along, and I thought, my Lord, I had to get out and walk around. Finally, I called Autumn, and I said, Autumn, you need to, call, you need to uh, just pray for me. I didn't want to alarm my wife. And here, let me tell you how good God is. I've got prostate cancer. My wife gets a job at West Cancer Center, one of the biggest cancer places in Memphis. And so, so I call Autumn, and I said, Autumn, you, you just, I need you to pray for me. Don't get alarmed. Everything's going to be okay. But it wasn't okay. I don't know what was going on. We wasn't home. We weren't down there two weeks. We didn't know anybody. We were still looking for a church. I did not feel direction in any way, shape, or form. God, I'm like, Lord, can you help me here? I had it all planned out how we were going to do this and do that. And, and I had some ideas, and we were evangelizing. We were going to be doing some preaching. And Finally, I said, Autumn, you've got to come get me. She said, we're going to call an ambulance. I said, we're not calling an ambulance. I don't, I don't want to pay no money for an ambulance. Okay? I, we're, just come get me. So she drove to where I was. I parked my vehicle. And on the way to the hospital, I said, you've got to stop. Stop three times so I get out and breathe. And I found out I had a blood clot in my lung. <clears throat> Man. I was in the hospital, I don't know how long, three, four days, I don't remember exactly, and got that all worked out. And So I was going to meet a pastor. The, the next the Saturday, I was going to meet a pastor um, in, in Mississippi. I had my mind made up. We were going to go to church in Mississippi. We we're going to work out of there. We we're going to evangelize. I got my master's degree in leadership. We're going to teach leadership. We're going to do stuff like that. That's how God's going to work that out. And So I went to breakfast with this fella. I didn't know him. And I said, hey, listen, I said, let's just meet for breakfast. I just kind of wanted to see. He had a church. It wasn't too far from Maybe we could work out of his church. We could do something like that. And he says, that'd be great. He picks me up. He says, you don't mind. I've got a prophet's going to eat with us. And I thought, oh, God, help me, Lord. That's all I need, some card-holding prophet. I just got out of the hospital. I thought, oh, well, yeah, no, great. Yeah, we're good. So we're eating. And this guy didn't act like any prophet. He was a preacher. He was so nice. He was really nice, okay? And, and, and I had been out of the hospital a few days. He didn't know anything about it. I didn't say anything to anybody about it. And he says to me, he says, uh, right before we got ready to leave, he goes, can I share something with you? And I thought, oh, here it goes. <laughs> yeah. He said, I don't know you, but I want you to know something. God brought you down here to use you. And I thought, wow. I mean, that was, that was kind of wide, but I'll go ahead and take that. You know, and you know how it is. You're kind of like, hmm, can you give me a little confirmation? <laughs> you know, and he said, can I just share one more thing? I said, yeah. And he goes, the next time you start having chest pains, you need to deal with them immediately. I said, okay, God, I got you. I got you. So <clears throat> we go to a church, and I, my daughter was like, Dad, you have to come, try to try this church. I mean, you got to try this. Just, just stop over this. And we drove in, and I knew it was God's will. I didn't understand everything. I knew it was God's will. So I'm going to a cancer doctor. I'm going every month to get my, it's called a PSA level. And, and you know, it's not one of those things you announce to everybody. It's kind of, one, kind of personal, you know what I mean? You know, you don't go, hey, excuse me. You're sitting, hey, what's your level? I just, so 
God speaks to my heart. Anybody ever had God speak to your heart? Okay, now, it wasn't over the intercom. It was my heart. I just kept going. And the Lord said to me, now that you've listened to me, I'm going to heal your body. I'm going to tell you, this is for somebody. You need to hear this. And I said, okay, God. Of course, I didn't tell anybody about that either. The preacher, man, kind of being a little rebellious. So I went to the next week, next month, I went to get my level checked. And guess what? It dropped a little bit. So I told my wife about it. I went the next month and it dropped again. I went the next month and it dropped, and the next month it dropped, and the next month it dropped. And in January of 2020, when that cancer doctor came out, he says, Reverend, your levels are normal. Man. He said, We don't need to see you. I haven't started yet, so don't start that timer. He said, We don't need to see you for a whole year. Did you make it six months? <laughs> I was a little nervous about it. So January, January of 2022 this year, there was a COVID outbreak. We couldn't go, so I had to go in March. And in March, we went and it had dropped again. God is a healer. Right. Amen. He is a healer. I plan on just traveling, doing some things, you know. We were going to teach some leadership stuff, and I was all excited about that. And, but, I, man, you know what I missed? I missed Bible studies. I miss going to people's homes. I don't know, folks, you guys remember. Maybe some of you folks remember. We had Bible studies. Amen. We, oh, man, I, I, I missed it. I missed discipleship. And so the pastor where we were at first, he was so kind to us, Brother Bill Parkey. He was very kind. And he said, listen, he said, um, if you want to, you're welcome to sit on our, our platform with, with all the ministers. That was really nice, you know. So we did that. They were so respectful, so kind, very sweet. And God was dealing with me. And I thought, oh, please, Lord. And he, he, he said, we were just a few couple months, we were there, and we were just kind of just doing, helping, whatever. Just, and he said, would you mind, you guys, could we talk to you? I said, yeah. And I told my wife and I have been talking about discipleship and leadership, and I'm like, man, babe. And so we're talking, and he says, I've really been praying about something. I want to put you on staff. I want you to pray about it. And I said, okay. He said, what areas do you really feel God's calling you to? So I told him discipleship, leadership. He goes, can I show you something? I said, yeah. He goes to his desk and he pulls out this tablet. And it says, Brother Archambault, discipleship pastor, leadership. Wow. So we're teaching about six home Bible studies a week. Bless God, we're busier than we... We did not retire, we relocated. But there's still no place like home. I really feel like God's given me something to share with you today from my heart and so thankful for that. <clears throat> Amen. Open your Bible if you would. We're going to look first in the book of Genesis chapter 37. Genesis chapter 37, and then we're going to turn to the book of Joel. Praise God. Genesis chapter 37. <clears throat> Got to find it here. Verse... Number 5, Genesis chapter 37, verse 5. And Joseph dreamed a dream. Look, look at your neighbor and say, he, dream, he was a dreamer. And he told it his brethren, and they hated it. Yet the more. And then if you would turn with me real quick to the book of of Joel chapter 2. This is a prophecy 
a prophecy of what was going to come into the future, the very will of God. Joel chapter 2, verse 28, one that you've probably heard. And after, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your old men shall dream dreams. And your young men shall see visions. I turned 60 this year. I found out the difference between dreams and visions is your eyes are closed and you're snoring. I want to take a few moments then. I want to share a thought with you that I really believe God has given me. And it's called living the dream. Living the dream. Amen. Pray with me right now, would you? God, I pray for the next few moments, Lord, that your anointing would be in this house. I pray, God, today that you would open up the hearts of individuals, Lord. God, that we could personalize your word today, that your word would come alive in our life, God, today. I pray you'd minister to us, each and every one of us, individually, Lord, in the place that we are at, where we are living. In your name we pray, Jesus' name. Amen. Before I tell you, get started, I do want to tell you I'm so thankful for my wife. She has been a blessing my entire life. She's the one that won me to the Lord many, many years ago. Amen. Thankful for her. When we was here, she, she worked at Parkview Hospital, and uh, she had an amazing job there. And the whole focus she was going to go to get that job there was because the insurance was so good. And God opened up a lot of doors and met a lot of people. And we found that there's only really one place that's better, that has better insurance. And that's where she works now. She works for the IRS. So, now she wasn't one of those 89,000 or whatever it was. Matter of fact, she wasn't real happy about all that either. But I'm thankful. It's amazing how God works. You've probably heard my son-in-law say many times when you ask him, how are you doing? And he'd say, I'm living the dream. Yeah, that, you know, they moved. They just, just a few months ago, they... They, 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 were going down to, to, they were going down to Florida probably twice, three times, four times a year anyways. And so they moved down there, and with his job, he, he could do kind of whatever he does. And, and I found out that the dream they're living could be a nightmare to somebody else. You know, you go to Florida, and you live right there. They live, I don't know about what, babe, um, like six, four, five, six blocks from the water. And, 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 and the, there's hurricanes down there. And there's sharks down there. There's alligators. My God, people want to go down there for vacation? My Lance. You know what I found out? There's black bears down there. That get into your trash. If I were retired, wanted to move down, I don't know what I'd do. I'd be smoking ribs and all of a sudden I go up and check my ribs and my ribs would be gone. Many times we've heard people say that, and they've said it, said it sarcastically. I'm living the dream. I, I did a little checking on it, and the FreeDictionary.com advises that living the dream means you're leading an extremely ideal life, especially in relation to one's career. And in parentheses, it says sometimes it's said ironically to mean the opposite. Yourdictionary.com pins it like this to experience the achievement of success that has been expired to achieve. 
I even looked it up on that ever popular, I call it opinionopedia, but it's Wikipedia. Gives, gives reference to 10 television programs that were based on the term living the dream. Seven songs entitled Living the Dream. Get this. And one of those seven was produced by a group called Five Finger Death Punch. Joseph was a dreamer. I thought I would look that up too as well. And you know me, if you, you remember from years past, I looked it up in the Merriam-Webster online dictionary. And, and a dreamer is one who dreams. It's one who lives in a world of, of fancy and imagination. Here's the, here's the one I like in capital letters. It is a visionary. Now, folks, look up here real quick. I'm not going to try to preach long tonight today, but I want to share something with you that God has given some of you dreams. And they've turned to nightmares. But I want you to know, I preached at the last message I preached here before I, I, I moved. The best is yet to come. Come on. Amen. Oh, yeah. yeah. What we find is that Joseph was a dreamer. And because he was a dreamer, the Bible says his brothers, who the very individuals that should support him, that that loved him, but they hated him even the more. Why did they hate him? Scripture tells us his his brothers envied him. But his fathers observed him. As a matter of fact, you probably know the story, but maybe today we might be able to look at this in maybe a little different context Because we know that Joseph, the reason that he was the mama's boy, the daddy's boy, is because his his dad had all these plans exactly how it was going to work out, and and it didn't work out like he thought. Are you hearing me? He didn't think about plan B. I wonder if we've ever been there when when maybe we know exactly how it's going to be, and we've got it all charted out, and, and then it doesn't work like we thought. Let me tell you, when we left here, there was one decision that I had to make, and it was a tough decision, is that if we ever had anyone in the church that would pass away, I couldn't come to the funeral. Not because I wouldn't want to, but because if I could come to one funeral, I couldn't come to another funeral, and then, and man, that was hard for me. It was tough, and we made contact. We made, let them know we're praying, and, 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 and those type of things that, that took place. But I wonder today if there's individuals maybe that's experienced loss. I know we've had some that's had loss. That maybe you feel like your dream's no longer, but it is still there. I'm telling you, God knows the beginning from the end. You see, all of us have uh, some of the same same situations in our life as, as Joseph did. We read in, in Genesis chapter 37, and you, you don't have to read there. I'm just going to refer to it, but, but they, they conspired to kill him. That dream. You see, he was, get this, daddy's favorite. Are you all hearing me? I want you to realize, next time you look in the mirror, I want you to understand, you're God's favorite. Do you understand? The scripture tells us that, that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Do not let the enemy tell you you're garbage and you're no good and it's all over. That's not true. That's a lie. My God have mercy. I'm talking today about living the dream. 
Joseph's living the dream. His dream was that, that, that one day his brothers were going to bow down to him. He had those two dreams about, about, about the sun, the moon, and the stars, and, and they didn't like it. He didn't even understand it. His dad made him a coat. Do you understand? He, he didn't purchase it. He didn't order this. He didn't go to Amazon. He didn't, he, they made him a coat. He was different. He had an identity. The first thing that his brothers were going to do is they're going to take away that identity. You need to hear what I'm telling you today. Because there's people in the world today, there's individuals that, that they want to strip you of your identity and take away of what you represent and try to put you in a place. They put him in a pit. They first were going to kill him. But they said, no, 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 no. They put him in a pit. That's, 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 what, that's what the enemy wants to do is put you in a pit, strip you of identity. I want you to know, and I'm thankful for the church. I love this. This is beautiful. It's amazing. You've got an amazing pastor. God's doing great things. But you better have a personal relationship with Christ. Man. Woo, God, mercy. They throw him in a pit. What are we going to do? I want you to get this. This is amazing. I, I read this story. I've preached this many, many times. But this past couple of weeks as I was studying this, and God give me this to share with you, I come across something. Maybe, Brother Austin, maybe you've, had, maybe you've already seen this and preached it. But, but the Bible says the first thing they did was they took off that coat and they decided to kill an animal. I want you to understand something. Something is going to suffer when wrong is done. The blood was shed. Man, that was something that's happened all the way from the very beginning. To, to, the blood was shed again. Along came a group, the Bible says, of Ishmaelites. Stop for a second. Think think about this. Ishmaelites. Ishmaelites were descendants of Ishmael. Ishmael was a brother of Jacob. As a matter of fact, if we know the story, Ishmael and Jacob were rivals. The Ishmaelites hated the Israelites. That's never stopped. It continues today. The Ishmaelite, Ishmael was the father of what we call Islam today. So that, that never stopped, never continued. But notice these brothers didn't only sell him, but they sold him to the enemy. I want you to get this. Because some of you folks have emotionally and spiritually been placed in a pit. And you thought you were living the dream. And situations and circumstances have happened and it's, and it's happened beyond your control. Can I tell you, God knows exactly where you're at and He has got His hand upon you and what He wants to do for you is greater than you'll ever even understand. Let me share something with you. And I don't, I don't want to get out of place here, but I just want to share with you. When, when this is opened up here, okay, this is going to be opened up to the community. I think Fridays, right? You know what? If you're not at work, you're not doing something, why don't you just pop in? Why don't you just grab your Bible and, and grab a chair and sit in there? Why don't you invite somebody for a little Bible study at the church? We're not 
not going to go to the sanctuary. Let's just, let's just break a little bread. You don't even have to call the Bible study. It's, it's a little fellowship. You know? Hey, you know, you guys probably remember me saying that. Well, I don't have the money. You know, have anybody ever eaten in that guy's food? I don't look like this because just, just get a biscuit and split it in half or something, you know. Get a, get a Coke and get two, two, two straws. I don't, doesn't matter. We, that is God-given. We need to utilize it. You understand? It's not going to utilize itself. Oh, man. man I'm, please, I'm telling you, this is really where God's trying to, to, God's trying to move you. He is, he's moving you into a whole new dimension. Folks that are here now that were not here when I, when I was here, let me tell you something. It's not happen chance. It's not, well, we just happened to mosey. No, 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 no. God strategically placed you here. Oh, yeah. You need to get this. See, what you don't realize is you're living the dream. Every one of us has said in our life, God, use me. God, get me to a place where, where oh, God, that I can be effective. And he's got to mold us sometimes. He, he, he's got to move us sometimes. So Joseph, he, he gets sold. He, he then goes from, from being sold to being sold to Potiphar. Now, when we study about Potiphar, Potiphar was a captain of the guard, guards of, of, um, over Pharaoh and and he was kind of a big shot. Potiphar had a lot of things. He, had, he, he was really, really had a lot of things going on. But Potiphar noticed there was something different about Joseph. Okay, now I'm gonna, let me pray real quick. I want to pray for the spirit of intimidation to be removed. You hear me? Amen. In the name of Jesus, I pray right now, God. Individuals that are talking to folks, God, that are witnessing, I pray the spirit of intimidation would be gone. Amen. Your anointing would be replaced. Confusion would be gone. And in the name of Jesus, Potiphar said, There's something about this guy. Let me tell you what he noticed. He noticed that everything Joseph touched was blessed. We read the scripture, the Bible says that Joseph knew more than Potiphar had than Potiphar did. Let me tell you something that Joseph was tempted with, but God overcame. There was one thing that Potiphar had that Joseph didn't, and that was his wife. And Joseph being a young man, amen, his, his Potiphar's wife was gone, and, and, and she, tried, she tried to seduce him. Now, I want you to understand something. This was before thou shalt not commit. This was before the law. But the integrity. Everybody say integrity. You, you need to hear me real quick. Okay? And you can start the timer. You got to hear me. You better have integrity in your walk with God. Because there, you're going to be tempted with things in this world that the world says, oh, it's okay. Man, he made his stand. You know, you'd think that if you make your stand like that, maybe, maybe a few stars from heaven will pop up, and maybe you, God will somehow glorify you. Know, oh, man, that's such a good thing. And you know what they said? His wife lied, and he was thrown into prison. I want you to understand something. He was still living the dream. He was thrown into prison. Are you kidding me? Let me tell you what he didn't do. He didn't say, oh, oh I'm done with it. Never again. You ever been there before? Don't raise your hand. The Bible says God was with him. 
You know the story. You know what happened. The butler, the baker comes in. And you know what they had? Anybody tell me what they have? Isn't it something how dreamers will be put with dreamers? Oh, my God, you got to get that. You, you, you ever notice that out there, how that is? That, you know that came from? That came from vision. That came from vision. That came, that, that, I think, man, we could put this like this. and man, We could have these chairs out here. This, wow. This came from vision. Listen to me. Do not let the enemy take away your dream. Oh, come on, man. Jesus in the name. My Lord have mercy. They said, man, we got to tell you this dream. They told the dream. Get this, get, get this. He interpreted the dream. Y'all hear that? He wasn't only a dreamer. God was using him to give other people direction as dreamers. You need to get that. And they said, man, you're amazing. You're unbelievable. You're so smart. You're so spiritual. Yeah, you're... And you know what he said? It's God. God is... Don't ever forget that. It's God. God's, whenever we get our eyes off of God and we get them on ourselves, we're in trouble. One of you is going to be restored. And bad as I hate to tell you, one of you is going to die. And the very thing he said happened. Joseph, get this. Joseph was then in the prison two more years. Now, I want to take a moment. I want to talk about this because some of you folks have been in the prison for two years or so. Some of you folks have been hurting. It's not been pleasant. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm talking about the inner prison. I mean, and then one day, Pharaoh has a dream. Man, he called all the magicians in. He called the sorcerers in. He called, and they tried. They couldn't figure it out. And his servant says, oh, what is it? Well, a couple years ago when I was in prison, there was a guy that interpreted our dreams and exactly what he said happened. And they cleaned him up. Man, they probably shaved him up. They give him a bath. They made him look good. He went before Pharaoh. And he said, my understanding, you can interpret dreams. And he said, nobody interprets dreams but God. And he continued to give God credit. Now, this right here is the good part. This is the part that we all love. Because now we see God doing some amazing things. I mean, we know that because of this, and he says that he interprets a dream, and he says there's going to be seven years of plenty, and then there's going to be seven years of famine, and they take that that first seven years, and they get all the grain together, and my Lord, nobody else in the world knows anything about it, and God's getting them all prepared, and getting them all set up, and, and he's getting, I want, you, I want you to understand this, do you think, you think that stuff back there is just for your convenience after church? Oh, it'll be fun, it'll be nice. It'll be, I mean, you get, bite into a Bovee burger, or whatever you're going to be having, I don't know. It'll be fun. That's not what it's about, folks. It's about others. You know what, let me share a scripture with you that based on the foundation of what our ministry was in this church. It's in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. It says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayers. 
It's not just church. You say, what are you talking about? What, 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 are you try- what I'm trying to tell you is, right now God is, we're in that first seven years. Okay? Now if the Lord tarries, it may get rough in this world. And there's going to be people looking for an answer. And you've got the answer. Do you understand that God has called you to a world that nobody else is going to be able to touch? The people that you see, the individuals that you witness to, the the folks you invite to church, however it may be, do you understand that God has said you're a light to a world? You're the salt of the earth. Man, he's taking this time right now to prepare us. And he needs you. Here's where, here's, here's where I'm at. This is my message. Some folks have been hurt so bad by people, by life, by things that go beyond their control, they backed away. And they built walls. And let me tell you something. The enemy loves it. If I can just keep you quiet, you come to church, do a little shout once in a while, pay your tithes, tell the preacher how good he is, give him a birthday present, you're good. No, no, no. There's a world that God's called you to. Man, it's not time for us, folks, to be in neutral. It's not not time for us to be coasting. Let me tell you, here's here's the reality. I'm serious. Look around what God's done here. We may very well be fixing to move into the second part. And let me tell you what happened when the second seven years happened. The Bible doesn't say they put out a big sign. It said, hey, corn, three pounds for a dollar. They didn't say, hey, listen, could you go over here and let people know that we could? Could you go over here? No. People are like, hey, did you know what I heard? I heard... That they have corn. I heard that they have. I, I heard that because of the harvest. They have. And people are going to be pouring in. And it's not going to be just on Sunday. It's going to be on Friday. It's going to be as God opens the door. It's going to be a time when you invite somebody to your house. For a, a little Bible study. Or maybe a, a piece of cake. Or, or whatever it possibly. It may have nothing to do with the service. But can I tell you. Amen. You are still living the dream. Oh my God. I hope you forget what I'm trying to tell you today. Oh, You know what the enemy wants us to do? He wants us to lick our wounds. Go back to sleep. And say oh that's good. That's good for the next generation. No, it's, it's good now. Now. Well, what do we do with those people? And if our music, you guys can come up. I'm, I'm fixing what do we What do we do with those folks that, that hurt us? Anybody ever been hurt by somebody? If you haven't, then you've never left your house, answered your phone, sent back a text. Yeah, that's how we are in life. We... Sometimes we mean it, sometimes we don't. You ever had a situation happen on the job where here you were and then all of a sudden now you don't have a job? You ever, you ever had a situation that went beyond your control? You ever lost something? I don't, man, there's a lot of years went by from the time that they sold him to the time that they went to get grain. 
let, let, me just, let me just get to the end of this. I hear some stomachs rolling here. Let me, let me get to the end of this because his brethren came. And you know, when you read the story, he, he played a few games with them. You know what I think? I think, I think he was like, man, I'm kind of struggling with this a little bit. I don't know about you, but I'd have been struggling with it a little bit. And he couldn't take it anymore. The Bible said he, could, he, he couldn't refrain from it anymore. And here's what he said. God did send me here to preserve life. Oh, man. You see, the enemy wants you to think you're a victim, but God says, I'm going to use you as a vessel. All those things happen. Good, bad, good, bad, good, bad. But he was still living the dream. Stand with me if you would for just a moment today. As I was in prayer yesterday for this service, God gave me some thoughts that I want to share with this church. God spoke to me and said, God is moving you. I'm talking about this church. God is moving you into a position of influence that will make a positive impact on many, many lives. The very individuals who have hurt you will be brought before you again. And how you respond to their past will determine your future. Many have experienced a spiritual famine for months and maybe some even years. But God has brought you a supernatural provision through the healing virtue of His Spirit. And we feel that Spirit today. God spoke these words to me and I'll close. It's not over. The best is yet.